Issues podcast host, Karen Davis-Thompson. Just a word about today's episode before we begin. As you might imagine, when you do a weekly podcast, you do have to record in advance to make sure you have content for your audience. And this is one such podcast today that we did several, several weeks ago. And so um, it'll be like I'm introducing my sister for the first time, even though you guys have already met her. Uh, But it's one of those that when I went back and listened, I was so amazed at how timely it is for what's going on right now, but I didn't want you all to think we were remiss in this conversation and not talking about how what we were discussing today, we call it the invisible cloak. You'll hear more about that in a second, but how it relates to what's been going on with the murder of George Floyd and with the Maude Aubrey and with the Black Lives Matter movement. Didn't want you to think we were remiss in not mentioning those things, but this was before some of those things had occurred. And so I just wanted to bring that to your attention today, but it's a timely topic, one that I think you'll find very interesting. And I'm hoping if you have any comments that you'll hit us up and let us know what you think. Just wanted to mention it before we get started. And with that, let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of In My Shoes, a podcast for women of color about the issues that we face each and every day. I am your host, Karen Davis-Thompson, and I'm excited for this episode. We're going to be talking about what my tribe and I call the invisible cloak. I know that sounds mysterious. We'll get into what that is in just a moment, but I have two members that you've never had the opportunity to meet before. I have with me Tony Boyd and Nikki Gadsden-Bostick. And we're going to have them introduce themselves since this is the first time you guys are meeting them. And then we'll get into our topic. So, Nikki, why don't you start? Good morning. Good morning. I, um, as you mentioned, my name is Nicole. It's actually Nicole Gatson Bostic. I go by Nikki. I'm a mother of two, the oldest of three. Glad to be here. Thank you so much, Nikki and Tony. Tell our audience a little bit about you. My name is Tony Boyd. Oh, good morning. My name is Tony Boyd. I am a proud graduate of Florida A&M University, uh, and I majored in human resources, and um, I'm the mother of two, and I am the second oldest of four girls, and I am excited to be here. Thank you so much. She ain't going to tell y'all no, but she's my older sister child. Y'all met Amber and this is Tony and Nicole. Well, I, mean, and I know are, wanted people to know all of that. It's okay. It's okay. And they are old friends. And so if they cut up today, y'all just pray for me, but we're going to make it. Oh, so Nicole and I are going to, we're going to behave, aren't we, Nicole? Yes. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm afraid already. Okay, so let's get into our topic for today, ladies. So it's what we refer to sometimes the invisible cloak. And so I'll um, give you an example of what we're talking about. So my husband and I were in Miami for our anniversary. That's where he's from. And we went back for him to um, let me see some of the places where he grew up, you know, hang out with some of his friends, whatever. So we're in one of their outlet malls and I'm, I'm walking and every few minutes, um, People are like kind of cutting, you know, they'll, they'll walk in front of you like they don't see you. And it's typically someone who is Caucasian or from what we call mainstream America. And so it's a white person who may, it's almost like they don't see you. They'll almost run you over. The expectation is that you're going to move. Um, I've been in line before and it's almost like I'm not standing there. They will come and stand right in front of you. And um, another one that I'll actually be talking about with um, another one of our members of the tribe, Maureen, later is... Um, I'm in a circle of of uh, colleagues, 
and they're introducing themselves to everyone and say absolutely nothing to me as though I'm not standing there. And so some people call it white privilege. I know there are some people who don't believe it actually exists. And we'll talk a little bit about a few articles that I found research I've done, but that's kind of what we are talking about today. And I wanted to ask you all, and Nikki, I'll start with you. Is that something that you've ever experienced? Maybe you're in a line and it's almost like you're not standing there. They just come and get right in front of you and you say something. It's like, oh, like they honestly didn't see you standing there. Just how do you feel about that? Is it thing? Is it something that you've experienced before and how do you normally handle it? Experienced it, yes. How it's handled depends on the location and who's with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is it's a little trying because you know some sometimes you're like okay clearly i'm not invisible you saw me and and i consider the demographic not saying i excuse i consider because if you're of a certain demographic i'm like well i'm gonna let that ride and i'm gonna let that go because you're older but i'm gonna correct you in the proper way if you're of my demographic you'll probably get checked a little bit and how you're checked will depend on whether my mother's with me, my child's with me, or I'm solo. Um, because it, as Tony, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, Tony and I are long friends and both of us went to the highest of seven hills. So that will come out. And yeah, you know, I'll say, excuse me, I was here. You know, just in case you didn't, you have other things on your plate and you didn't see me. Other than that, I mean, you know, you, I will have to, the West Tampa will come out otherwise, 95% of the time. Because um, it's one of those things where I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm a person. Just because you feel that you're entitled, not right here. She's talking about where she's from, y'all, when she says the West Tampa come out. <laughs> so <laughs> how does it make you? how does it make you feel when it, when it happens? Is it more that you are just aggravated by it? Is it something that you've, has this, is it something that at this point it's like, here we go again, or how does it make you feel when it, when it happens? It is a, here we go again. Um, because it's not like it's one of those things that happen or occasion. It happens more often than I would think in 2020 where it Mm -hmm. should. Um, if I'm with my children, it's more hurtful um, because of the fact that they're having to witness this. And you're mm-hmm. thinking, here we are in 2020, we should have come along a longer, we should have been along, or along the path a little further than we are. Now, it seems like in the past few years, we've reverted back, but that's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does aggravate me that, you know, how dare you? I belong to be here just as much as you do, but I was here first. So no, just because of your complexion, which, you know, mine's not too far from yours. (laughs) You know, how dare you think that just because of your privilege that you can walk in front of me, that you can cut me off, that I don't matter, that I'm invisible. That's unacceptable to me. And Tony, uh, how about you? How does it make you feel? How do you handle it when it happens? As as Nikki said, we are are both from the highest of seven hills. We both went to Florida A and M, and and part of what being there taught me was to to really embrace myself and who I am and be proud of of me. 
And so it's, it's um, disheartening. As she said, if I were with my children, mine are a little older than hers. And so um, I usually, it's kind of a teachable thing for them. This is what you can expect as you're going out into the world, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it is, it's hurtful. It is, it's angering sometimes. Um, I most recently was, was in a department store standing in line first person in line, woman comes from the side, um, looks at me, and then goes to the customer service desk. Customer service agent had no idea that I was there first. Um, as Nikki said, sometimes it's situational. This was an older person. It wasn't worth me uh, making a big deal out of it. Um, I had time on my hands, and so you know, I didn't say anything to her. Um, but that's not all cases. There are times when it's it's needed to say something that the the disrespect is so great. It's not just that you ignored the fact that I was here. Sometimes the way it's done, the disrespect is so great in that you have to address it. And how you respond when I address it will determine, quite frankly, how far we go with this. Um, you know, I try to start out by, you know, excuse me, I was here. Did you see me? And if they respond appropriately, then we can, you know, chalk that up for a misunderstanding. Um, but there are those who really, really believe that they have the right to, to step in front of me or, or ignore the fact that I'm there. And then unfortunately, things may get a little more heated. And do you think that, um, we do ourselves, I know sometimes it's situational and I've been there where it's like, you know what, I'm not even going to do this today. Do you think that we do ourselves a disservice when we don't, or is it that, you know, this happens more often than maybe people realize. And it's like, I just can't today, whatever. Um, or is it something that it's not going to get better unless we say, you know what, I can't just let it slide, even if it's something very, um, none of it can be seen as, I guess, small, because it, it, they're, they're still doing it, whether it's older, younger. Um, I know a lot of times they literally, it's like they, oh, oh, almost like they really didn't see you standing there. So how do you think it we're doing when we say, I'm just not going to bother that today? Either one of you can answer. I don't, I don't think it does a, a disservice. I don't think you're going to change anyone's perspectives or change people who really don't want to be changed um, by confronting them in the store or wherever you may be. I think all that's going to do to, for them is solidify, see how they act, see how they are, and kind of solidify whatever their beliefs are about you or about the group that you belong with. Um, I think it's more a personal thing. Um, as, as Nicole said, um, there are times when my children were younger, I didn't need to get involved in that kind of thing because they were younger and wouldn't understand. For them, it was, oh, mommy got into a fight. <laughs> you know, now that they are older and we can talk about life lessons and things, um, you know, I try to, if they're with me or, or, or whatever, try to handle things in such a way that they can see this is what you're going to contend with and this is what you're going to have to do. Um, so for me, it's more personal. I don't, you know, I don't allow how they treat me to gauge how I treat myself. 
So I don't necessarily think we do a disservice. I think it's it's personal. Um, you know, sometimes there are people who who do honestly don't see you and they don't understand. And so you can by saying, "Hey, look, I was here." Some of them, but the ones who are really just out there and into believing this privilege, confronting them does more for you than it will for them. Yeah, I agree with Tony. Um, it's more or less, you know, some days you just like, it's not even worth it. Just go ahead and let them get that in the little line and let it go. But then sometimes you have to make it a teachable moment. You know, like, sir, I'm, ma'am, I was here. Um, whether it's at the grocery store, you know, you could have a child, your child is in the grocery store and someone come up and cut them off. Clearly, you saw the child there. They're waiting for you and that child to say something. But how you respond instead of react, the people around you will see it. So you just, it's almost like you're walking a tightrope sometimes. Is it today going to be that day? <laughs> or I'm just going to let it, I, let it go. Our behavior is never excused based on what the other person did. And so you run the risk, you know, these are all of the things in, in a split second that you have to think of. Are my children with me? Are, you know, where am I? Am I in a setting where people I do business with might see me? Um, am I in a setting where I'm alone and will the crowd turn on me? But all of these things <laughs> are going on in your head. All of these questions you have to ask before you, in a split second, respond to something that is happening right there. And that's why sometimes it is just, you know what, never mind. <laughs> um, and then there are some days when you're like, you know what, I'm not going to let this happen. And it, it, it's just kind of, you know, again, I hate to reuse the word over and over again. It's situational. You, you have to determine um, what's best to do in, at this time in a split second. Because if you let the moment pass, then it's not even, you know, it won't even be worth responding to. And um, I was reading an article that uh, someone wrote in the Washington Post a couple of years ago where it talked about the fact that people have a hard time believing that this is a thing, even though there is evidence to the contrary. And what we're talking about is just stuff that we see that happens to us, you know, just trying to go to the grocery store or stand in line for any particular thing. But that obviously it goes deeper than that. It is when you're trying to buy a home, you know, it is when you are uh, trying to get maybe your child into a particular school. So it happens even sometimes undercover where we don't even know what's really going on. Why do you think that it is so hard for people to believe that this exists and that in today's society, this is still happening to people of color? Because um, it's not just African-Americans, but it is, you know, like I looked at another um, blog that a young man did. He is Hispanic and his name is a traditional Hispanic name. And he and his wife were discriminated against as they were trying to purchase a home. So why do you think people have a hard time believing this is still going on? Nikki, I'll let you go first. Well, because they don't live it. I mean, they're not being discriminated against. They're getting the loans. They're getting, you know, the the mortgages. They're getting those their children into those schools. So if 
it doesn't have an impact on me, it's not happening. Now, until you flip the script and it's happening to you, then that's when you notice the injustices. Oh, no, that's not fair. Oh, no, my child should have done this and the other. But if it's not impacting you directly, you're getting the loans, you're getting the mortgages, and you're getting your children in the school. Oh, that clearly couldn't happen. But you don't notice that at your school, you may have three or four children that don't look like yours. But yet and still, it's not happening. Tony, how about you? What do you think? I, I, I would agree. It's, it's nothing is really real until it's happening to you. And so, as she says, as long as they are getting uh, the loans and as long as the children are being admitted into whatever these schools are that they're, they're wanting, um, it can't happen. And, you know, we're, I almost, you know, would say that I, I almost prefer when things were very cut and dry. Now you have, you know, this person doesn't like people don't, that don't look like them. And they make it known, and I know that, and I know to stay away from that. Now you have people who believe they are aware. They have one or two friends outside of their own culture or ethnicity, and they think that they're just so aware. And if their one friend could get into school, how come the rest of people like their one friend couldn't? You know, they they look at, and, and they think that just because they believe that they're aware and that they have friends and they have friends who don't look like them. They have friends who aren't from where they're from. And if they can do it, why can't anybody else can, um, you know, they, they don't really take into account where people come from histories and, and those kinds of things. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, if it, if things are good in my world and I can do it and I got a couple of friends who don't look like me and they can do it, then clearly it doesn't exist. It's not happening. Something must be wrong that those people, that the other people are doing that they can't get the loan or it's something that they must be doing because I've got this one friend out of 50 friends, (laughs) but I've got this one friend who he was able to make it despite the fact that you know he's of whatever culture he's of, or, or despite the fact that he's he or she is whatever sex she is, she was able to do it. Why can't the others? Um, I think that's kind of some of the mentality. And then there are some who just they're just not going to change. It's just not going to happen. And how does this affect what you tell your children? Um, about living in this world. All three of us went to FAMU. And I think that um, being at an HBCU, it's not like it's a course they teach, but between attending FAMU and in my, in our household, it was, we were told that you're going to have to be twice as good, three times as fast, five times as, you know, um, aware, et cetera. That's how we were raised. And it's a slippery slope because you don't want people to be you know, everything is about race, but you also want them to be clear about the world they're living in. So how did it impact all of us have children? How did it impact how you raised your children and particularly uh, African-American boys, men? How did it impact what you've said to your children? Have they ever experienced it? And what was that like uh, for them? Did they talk to you about that? Um, Tony, why don't you start? Um, 
in terms of, of whether my children experienced it or not, I, my daughter has always been kind of a little, a little more aware of things going on around than my son. Um, and things have happened to her and, and she's talked to me about it. We had a, a, she's always been very intelligent. And so she has always done well in school and it is unbelievable to people that a young lady like herself could do so well. And they were actually appalled that she would have questions or wouldn't blindly do what they ask. And so, you know, I've, I've had lots of conversations with her growing up about the fact that yes, she's got to be better than everybody. And she's got to strive to, to, uh, you know, get that a versus getting a B, which in most situations, B is great. Um, my son, he has experienced some things. Uh, we more so kind of had to point it out to him to understand just because his personality is a little different. He's a little more carefree. She's a little more um, intuitive, analytical. Um, he's a little more carefree, but had to explain to him, you know, son, did you see what happened there? You know, did you see the opportunity that was missed because of this? And, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to have to explain those kinds of things and why can't I get this and why is it, you know, why is this happening? Why is it not fair? It's difficult, but it's, it's conversations that we've had to have. Um, I know that for me going to an HBCU and people ask, why do you go to an HBCU? That's not the real world. It's not going to show you how to deal with multiple um, cultures and, and races. And, um, you know, I've always told people for me, it was uh, giving me more fortitude having me to understand who I am and understand and appreciate um, what I bring to the table so that when those things happen to me, I know my value and I know my worth and I don't have a problem with expressing that. Um, and both of my children attend Florida A&M. And I think that now in, in, as far as, as ever is a time where we really need to reinforce the greatness that we are so that going out, because you're not going to change other people. It's just, you just can't. They're not willing. You can't do anything to change them, especially in the small interactions we have. But we can do the best that we can to lift ourselves up, lift our children up, lift each other up, so that when these things happen, we've got the fortitude to say, you know, hey, no, I am worth more than that. You can't dismiss me that way. Um, you know, but again, it, it's, it's, it's not a hard life, but we got to make sure we got all our ducks in a row and you got to be confident and sure of who you are. Nikki, how about you? Yeah. Like, um, echoing on Tony. Now I, like she mentioned earlier, mine are younger. I have two boys. Um, so having that conversation of why you can't wear the hoodie, why you need to have on the belt. And even I remember my youngest, when he was um, a couple of years back, he was so upset, you know, holding the door for some, just something simple as holding the door for someone. He was like, that person didn't even say thank you. And I was like, some people were raising a barn and the person turned around and said, the child did hold the door for you. <laughs> I was like, what can I say? So I was like, these things will happen. Not everyone's raised the same way, unfortunately. And people going to be who they are, unless they want to change, 
and, you know, and notice the things that are around them and do something about it, there's nothing that you can do. You just continue to be you. There's going to be some situations that you're going to be put in that's going to cause you to question some things. Just like my son, my oldest is in the IB program. He comes home with stories every day about, you know, certain teachers and certain things that go down, go down at school. I'm like, son, this is what you're going to have to do. Just like we, we Tony mentioned earlier, you're going to have to be, don't strive for that B, go for that A. You can't just be mediocre because you have to be better, faster. I mean, not to sound like a $6 million man, but, you know, you have to be better than. <laughs> you have to be better than. You can't just settle. You have to put three feet forward. Not just your best foot. You have to go forward with everything that you do. And and I said, it's going to be times where you're going to be presented in the real world. And yes, he does want to attend Florida A&M University. But in the real world, this is how things are going to be that way. Not everyone's going to look at you for what you can bring to the table. The first thing they're going to see is what they're going to see. And I know that uh, this could, I'm going to relay a story of something that happened to me just so that, you know, listeners understand that this is something that happens to uh, people of color on a regular basis. And then I just want to talk a little bit, just a little bit, because I know it could open up a can of worms just about our current climate and how we think that has impacted this. But, um, you know, and I do want to do a, 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 an episode on just to HBCU or not to HBCU, you know what? And I feel like it was just such a gift for me to be able to help me to handle certain situations. So several years ago, I was working in, um, for a company and I've always been in communications. And so, you know, you always get the people who are amazed that you can like conjugate a verb. And um, I had been there a couple of weeks and the HR person, she was um, the HR assistant manager and she was a person of color. She was a Hispanic and she pulled me over to the side and she was like, you cannot say where you got this from. If you say, I told you this, I'm going to say you lied on me. She said, but I need you to draft a letter. Don't say how you found this out, but draft a letter about where you went to school and a copy of your diploma. Someone had gone into the CEO questioning whether or not I actually had a degree. <laughs> um, so I thought, really? I mean, I had to have a degree to apply for this. Like, like these were things I had to prove before I got the position. So, you know, clearly I have a degree. It was almost like, you know, maybe they'd never heard of this place. And does she actually really have a real degree? So I had to put a letter together, together and take it in with a copy of my diploma. And I just worded it like, you know, it's come to my attention that there seems to be some confusion about um, my education and my degree in higher learning. Indeed, I did attend an accredited, for, you know, I had to go through the whole bit. So then of course you get the, oh, Akash Karen, I don't, I don't know why that was something you thought you had to do because of course he's not going to admit that this was a conversation that took place. And so um, being at a school like that, it really helped me to know the best way to handle it without getting all bent out of shape because I have learned that another thing we have to be worried or, or careful about is like you guys said the way that we respond or if you remember the two young men who were in Starbucks y'all remember that story and they were just sitting there waiting on a colleague and one of them went to the restroom but they hadn't ordered anything and they were arrested and they were trespassed and so two uh, white women who were in there her girlfriend said to her you know if that was me I'd have jumped up and told them you can't arrest me and so her friend said yeah you can do that but they can't do that because they're not white 
So they have to be careful about how they handle it. So it is good to know that there are some in society who do understand what we're going through. And I'm wondering if you guys think that instances like what I experienced having to prove that I have a degree or these two young men who were just sitting in a Starbucks, if you think that the current climate we're in has made that worse or is it just that people are more comfortable showing how they really feel? How do you guys feel about our our, our current political climate and just everything that's going on? Uh, Nikki, I'll let you go first. The um The climate, I believe, makes them comfortable. So because you see a certain person doing it and a certain person saying this thing, you think it's okay. But then you go to the old thing of like, okay, don't let your mouth write a check that you can't back up. Because they see that, and I shouldn't say this individual, but a group of people doing X, Y, Z, and I'm trying not to, I'm trying to keep it high level <laughs> and not open up the can of worms. <laughs> oh, it's really difficult. <laughs> but you see them do this and therefore it's okay. So just like a child, a child will see their parent do something. And it's like, oh, well, mommy and daddy doing this. So clearly it's okay for me to do this. Because we didn't have all these Starbucks incidences before. We didn't have the situation where um, even protests that were just like outright. And then you still have people sit on their hands. Well, I don't understand. It's right there, clear as day. So I truly believe the climate, the political climate that we're in make um, people feel that, yes, it's quite okay for me to do this. Or because I'm in a certain uniform, I'm going to do this because it's supported by this particular group of people, which right now, fortunately, you know, this too shall pass you know, by a certain group of people that think it's okay to, um, you know, because I can't, you like you mentioned the lady in the Starbucks. Yeah, it's easy for you to say what you would have done, but you're not in his shoes, you're not in his skin, nor are you, do you have his gender. So he he can't, he doesn't have the opportunity to defend himself. If the person, he gets arrested and he's trespassed, you know, he can't react like someone else would react. And I'm trying to make it real. It's real hard, Karen. You got the Yes, I know. Problem. Just I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you, Tony. What do you, What would you? How do you feel about that? Well, well, I think I think there are a number of things going on. Yes, our political climate right now um, has opened a, a can of worms that um, it, it it just it may be difficult to close. Um, but I think it's also, um, you know, you've, I'm sure you all have seen this little meme on Facebook. It's not that racist acts have, um, increased. It's just now we all have cameras. And so I think it's, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think that the political, uh, environment does, or has given people kind of a sense of boldness because look, um, oh, Nicole, you are correct. Or Nikki, you're correct. It is very difficult. Um, 
because those who are are in power and in or in in higher positions have made it seem like it's okay joe the common man thinks wow then great it's okay i can bring this out of my basement out into the open and so um i don't think anything that we're seeing is new i don't think that anything that we're seeing um is is only a, an aspect of what's going on in the world today i think the fact that we're seeing it so blatantly is um why or or is a an, an effect of the uh climate that we're in i think the fact that people are doing it so easily and openly is um uh, something that comes from the political environment that we're in um and you know it, it's it's unfortunate i i you you think once you you know you raise your children and you think okay the world should be getting better and i want to leave my kids in a better place than than i was in and i'm sure my parents had the same and i want to make sure my kids have opportunities um but as as nikki said I, you know at this point we seem like we're going backwards and um again i don't necessarily think it's all new things, um, but it, it, it's now becoming commonplace. It's becoming acceptable again, which is, you know, not great for, for the rest of us. Um, and I don't want to, to stereotype or, or say that everyone feels that way because there are those who um, honestly understand and they understand just like the, the person who explained about the young men in Starbucks you know, there are those who understand. Um, and there are those just like, you know, when Martin Luther King was around, there were those who understood and, and understood that what was going on was, was wrong. They're just simply, um, aren't enough. <laughs> uh, and now those who felt that they needed to keep their thoughts to themselves and their actions, um, you know, quieted and, and, and their, their perceptions um, kind of on the down low. Now they're feeling like it's, I could, I could do it wherever I can do it whenever to whomever doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, somebody said when they started doing stuff at churches and you know, that was the safe haven. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't bring that kind of hatred and things into churches. And now you got people walking into Bible studies, shooting people for no other reason, but, who they are and what they look like and that they're different from you. And so, yeah, it's it, the political climate um, has a lot to do with bringing it out. Don't think the political climate caused what we see. I think it's just making it more acceptable to, to do. I would agree with both of you in that. I know that um, years ago when it seems like it was so long ago that he was president, but when President Obama was elected, I think a lot of people felt like, man, we really, you know, we're we doing it now. We got a black president, which a lot of um, people of color older did not think they would see in their lifetime. And so it's a fascinating to see that um, there were people who really opposed him just because he was African-American, but we were able um for him to be elected. And then now, you know, fast forward, and it does feel like we're just taking steps back. 
Um, and it's hard for, I think, our young people to witness when in there, you know, for some of them, like I remember one little girl, her mom taped her when he was leaving office. She was in tears because she didn't understand the process. She was little. And that was the only president she knew because he was in there for eight years. Um, and so I agree that there seems to be a lot of stepping back and not quite sure what we're going to be able to do about it, but hoping that having a discussion like this will give people an opportunity just to think about, um, like what you said, Nikki, you're not in that person's shoes and you're not having to deal with what they're dealing with, just to open it up a little bit for people to see, hey, this is still going on and it's still something that we need to deal with. Um, either one of you have any closing thought that you want to give uh, before we close it out? No, I'm, I'm great. This, this is a great, great discussion. Well, I'm glad that you guys were able to join me for this discussion today. That is all the time we have for today. If you have any questions for my guests or topics you want to hear about, anything you want uh, to ask me, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to have you. And until next time, be blessed. <laughs>